everyone. Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri, writer and editor at For the Win. Alongside with me, as always, Stephen Ruiz, head NFL writer and video producer Evan Thorpe. Guys, what's up? What's up? As a fake Nats fan, I'm very excited about the World Series. <laughs> I haven't watched a game in like five years, but I'm very excited. Did you watch game one? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just happy to root along and follow on social media. Right. I saw they won and I cheered. Yeah, that's about all you can expect from baseball games, honestly. I think that's great. NBA was on, so I was watching that. Did you actually watch NBA? Yes. Really? Yes. Even though it's like the first game of the season. I was just curious to see how LeBron would look with AD. Mm-hmm. And How'd it look? First half, really good. Second half, really bad. Hmm. You think they just stopped trying? I, I just think it's going to be some growing pains with them, too, trying to figure out, like, all right, when does one take over? Because I think AD kind of, like, took over in the first half. Mm-hmm. And is LeBron aging? Mm-hmm. He didn't look like he was. Let me just stop you right there. Yes, he's aging. He's old. Yeah. For an NBA player. Is LeBron what? Aging. Oh, I thought you guys were taking this China thing too far. <laughs> 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 but no, like, you can he... <laughs> Second half, he just didn't look into it. I don't know what <laughs> Steven is killing it today. <laughs> this has been your NBA Minute. <laughs> I was going to say that Kawhi looked good. He had like 30 points, right? Yeah, second quarter, Kawhi started going off, and I was just like, Kawhi's the best player in the game. I feel like that's like something you don't have to worry about at all. Like yeah. You don't have to worry about like him like worrying about expectations or anything. He's just going to like hoop, like, it was no so, matter what. It's so funny, though, him having to make that little speech before the game because he looked like he was about to cry. He was so nervous, but... On the court, Kawhi's unstoppable. Why did they make him do it? <laughs> That's my question. If you have strengths, which he obviously does, don't push him to do the other things. Don't try to make him the face. Like, I, I thought, why not make Paul George do it? He's the new face who's not playing right away, so it's like, all right, we're going to connect him with the crowd by having him just say some things before the game. Like, don't put the guy who's already, like, camera shy and has already had, like, weird moments in the camera in the past year. I mean, it's good for us because anytime he opens his mouth, there's a potential that it turns into a meme, so I'm fine with it. But hey, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> that poor guy. Uh, but, yeah, but NBA season started, which we're very excited about. But as Steven mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about the World Series, probably not in strictly baseball terms. But I want to get into the situation with the Houston Astros and the incident that occurred in their locker room. Because, as you guys know, if you're regular listeners of this podcast, we tackle issues of race and gender as they relate to sports. And this has kind of dominated the news cycle leading up to uh, the World Series, right? This should have been a time when we just kind of focus on both teams. You got all your, you know, feel good feature stories about Jose Altuve and Juan Soto. Instead, There was a story that came out on Friday published by Sports Illustrated. This was after they had clinched the pennant. And during the celebration, three female reporters were standing there in the locker room and an assistant general manager came up to them and was shouting kind of in their faces saying, I'm so glad we got Asuna. I'm so glad we expletive got Asuna. And one of the women was wearing a purple domestic violence bracelet. The assistant GM, his name is, his name is Brandon Tubman, came up to them and, and was shouting. And they were reasonably unnerved by it, thought it was weirdly aggressive and hostile right like it was it was out of totally out of context 
the incident was reported by Sports Illustrated, but it was confirmed by three other reporters, one from Yahoo Sports and two from the Houston Chronicle. So there's lots of corroboration that it actually did happen. I should mention that the Astros traded for Asuna at, while he was serving a 75-game suspension for domestic violence, right, from the Toronto Blue Jays. So that's why it, that's where it comes into play. So that, to me, was bad enough. But then the Houston Astros mess it up even more. They Initially, their first response was... Basically, Trumpian called it fake news. They said, well, yeah, it happened, but it didn't happen the way you think it happened. And we don't think this story is credible, which is really, really bad for the PR department. And then, of course, there was a whole outcry about it because people were like, no, it actually did happen. Here's other people who are saying it happened. And then they issued two other statements on Monday. No, on Tuesday that made the situation worse, I think. Right. It was like a. Uh- just like the greatest hits of apologies, like yeah. public relations apologies. Like he hit all the classics. Yeah, he hit all the classics. Like I, anybody who knows me knows that I am not that kind of a person. I'm an upstanding citizen with a wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Like too bad he doesn't have daughters because he would have thrown the daughters under the mix. And he ended it. Brian uh, Brandon Tubman ended it with the classic. I am sorry for anybody who might have been offended. You, I mean, you can just stop it. I'm sorry. What makes it crazy is that, like, going into this World Series, I'm a, I'm a Phillies fan. I was like, yeah, I like Houston. And then I'm like, ooh. Like, right? I, like I, I had no reason to watch the World Series. Now I'm like, yeah, I don't even want to watch it. Cause I feel like now the Nationals are going to win. I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in karma, and I feel like this is just going to play in the Nats' favor. And you see game one, they win on Cole. Cole was probably one of the best pitchers in the postseason. Get five runs against them karma yeah the thing is is that when people watch the world series especially if you are a casual fan who jumps in only during the postseason a lot of people like sports for the narrative right they like it for here's the underdog or here's a team i can root for because i can feel good about the team Mm -hmm. this does not make you feel good about the houston astros and i'm not painting all the players with the same brush you know, but the way that the front office handled this is was so gross that it makes you think about the entire organization. Right. And even with the apology, like he didn't even like separate himself from that first response they had because yeah. he says, I hope that that those who do know me understand that my the Sports Illustrated article does not reflect who I am. So he's not even saying my actions. No, he's saying, no, that story that they told. Yeah. He's not even like apologizing for what he did. And obviously he did it because they wouldn't have responded. There wouldn't have been two separate comments about it either. And there wouldn't be this cooperation either. Exactly. And the thing is, is that the Houston Astros do what I think a lot of organizations do is that they wait to see if something blows up. Right. Their initial response is not to deal with it in like a respectful manner it's like oh well it's just some women complaining so let's see if anybody actually pays attention and then they actually started to take it seriously when they saw that it was becoming a huge thing which the fact that they didn't realize it was going to become a huge thing i is i just can't wrap my head around that did the ml did the mlb come out and say anything or mlb said that they were launching an investigation into the incident which i don't even so know they're what doing that nothing. Means. so they're not doing anything yeah uh, but yeah, it's it kind of sucks. And it's actually great for the Nationals because the Astros dominated the couple of days leading up to the World Series and they just got to like hunker down and focus on baseball. That's how I'm going to respond when anybody asks me if I'm watching the World Series. I'm, I'm launching an investigation into watching the World Series. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, at this rate, it could be kind of short-lived. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, that's what's happening in baseball. Let's move on to NFL-related content. You guys want to talk about Tom Brady on that new Netflix show? <laughs> I do. That's the only thing I want to talk about. I don't remember what the show's called. It's Paul um, Rudd's show. It's like living with myself or living with yourself. I think it's called living with yourself. You see the new meme of him? That's yeah. The meme is great. The, that, that's one of the greatest clips from uh, Hot Ones. Yeah, can you explain what the meme is? The meme is him and uh, God. What's the? No one cares. No the, one cares. Okay. Some so guy. basically, they're at the end. They're like, "Can you believe we we did this? Yeah. Like, who would have thought? At us. Look, Look at us. Look at us too. No, who would have thought? Yeah, Paul Rudd was trending, and I was like, "Oh my God, please, just like one, let him not be dead. Two, let him not have done something horrible. And it was just because he was cool. But it's it's one of like he's one of those people. I was like, oh, this must be good. Like yeah. when I saw he was trending, I was like, oh, this must be good. Somebody oh, talking no. about how young he looks. I I was kind of worried for a second, but anytime somebody starts to trend, I get a little panicky. But yeah, let's talk about this Paul Rudd show because it involves Tom Brady. Yeah, we're kind of surprised that Tom Brady wasn't trending (laughs) after this clip started making the rounds on Twitter where essentially it's like Paul Rudd in his car and he's outside of a like a massage parlor. Yeah. And if you know what's gone on with the Patriots and their owner, you know where this is going. Like Tom Brady comes out and he seems very relaxed. (laughs) I don't know I, how much I want to like. Did he ask, is this your first time? Yeah. Yeah. And then he asked, is this your first time with like a knowing smile on his face? <laughs> yeah. Which, a look. He yeah. gives Paul Rudd a look. So everyone connected it to the Robert Kraft incident where he was busted in like a prostitution ring in a Florida massage parlor. I don't even know what ended up happening with that case. I think he pleaded his innocence, but I don't know. He's. But my understanding is that uh, there have been no... So the dangerous part of that story was that was human trafficking. And there have been no human trafficking charges filed. Uh, and uh, he has contested... Um, he's, like, contesting the charges is, is the last that I've heard about it. Uh, right. So basically everyone connected those two dots. Yeah. And then Tom Brady was asked about it. And he, like, just fired back at the media and was like, you guys are taking this out of context. And all this, like, there's no connection with the Robert Kraft thing. But how could we not connect these two things? I, and the logo that you see in the clip that's gone viral from the Netflix show, it's a it's a blue orchid, which is the same. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's the oh. same logo that was in that the the spa that Kraft would, was busted at used. So they can swear up and down that there's no connection, but there's no way that this is a coincidence. But he had to approve on this like clip being in the show because I think he said that it was filmed a long time ago on green screen and he had no idea at the time but it's not like once the the finished product they're not going to show you what you're going to be doing well I actually think that no I agree well I actually think that they will not show you I think the backstory of this was supposed sorry the backstory of this is that uh, this was all filmed before the craft incident which i don't which I don't believe at all because that means that it would have to have been filmed like a year ago almost, which right. is, which could happen, but I still don't buy it. And you said that he said that it was a green screen. Yeah, I think he had said like it was a green screen. He really didn't know what was happening in the scene, and I'm just like BS. How yeah? How do you accept a role where you don't know anything about it? Like you're just gonna be in it, and we can do anything around this green screen, like. Like, yeah, just say, is this your first time? Smile and get in the car. Just removing the context of what happened with Robert Kraft. Why would Brady agree to do this scene where it's implied that he's basically 
soliciting prostitution. Right. That he's paying for sexual favors. Right. Why would he agree to do that? I think it's funny because it plays off of his image as being like a super, super squeaky clean guy. Um, I was looking for some kind of box. Is that his image? You don't think it is? I think it is. He left Bridget Moynihan when she was pregnant. But that was a long time ago. True. I mean, he's kind of a scoundrel, but that was a starter wife. Sorry, Bridget. <laughs> they were not married. I think her name is Michelle. <laughs> I don't think it's Bridget. It's definitely Bridget Moynihan. Br- Michelle Moynihan's a different person. <laughs> They're not related. What are y'all talking about? I just got lost. Tom Brady's White, baby mama. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Tom Brady's ex-wife. <laughs> they were never married. Wow, what is she? I have a Giselle was doing. Or did he have two married? He left her for Giselle. <laughs> Yeah, he left her for Giselle. While she was pregnant. While she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. We're a little punchy today. Let's move on to our last segment, which is not going to end well. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. What is the last segment? Not sports, but whatever. <laughs> I got a beef to pick with all these top-tier directors who are coming after Marvel movies. First, you had Martin Scorsese saying that... Uh, Marvel movies were not cinema. He did not think that they were true art. Then you've got Francis Ford Coppola. And lately, Pedro Almodovar coming out and saying that Marvel superhero movies are not sexy enough. I'm going to agree with him, actually. They're not. They've had moments where they could, like, push it. But then they was like, nope, let's let's remember this is a PG-13 movie. Let's hold it back some. Like, you think about Captain America body showing the most they got out of it was a touch well yeah so his his specific quote is sexuality doesn't exist for superheroes they are neutered and i'm gonna give it to him because i think he's right especially with the marvel superhero movies like they're pg-13 sex is not a thing that actually exists in these movies right and we're adults like we know that it exists it's fine to imply that it does like they have sex scenes on Network television. Why can't you have it in a Marvel movie? Why can't I see Vision and Scarlet Witch make love? <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to watch that. But we know. I certainly do. They have kids in like the comic book world. Right. Well, there's a difference between like procreation, right? And the kind of sexy that Pedro Almodovar is talking about. If you're not familiar with his work, his work is like very, I'm going to say the word sensual, even though I hate that oh. word. You should edit that out of the podcast. (laughs) He's actually right. And I agree with him on that. All right. So wait. So what did Francis Ford Coppola say? He said he's called the movies despicable. What? He was defending Scorsese's viewpoint and he called them despicable. That he he he's the he directed Bram Stoker's Dracula in the early 90s. That's the movie with Keanu Reeves doing a British accent. (laughs) That movie is terrible. <laughs> that movie is terrible. He he can't talk. Like, I get that Coppola has made some really good films, but he's also made some total stinkers. And it's been a while since he's made a good film. Yeah. Like, The Godfather was, like, 40 years ago, and he made The Godfather 3, which is a terrible movie. He made Jack. You remember that movie, Jack, with uh, no Robin Williams and Jennifer Lopez is in it when he, like, he's, like, it's kind of like uh, Benjamin Button. Oh, my God. But the no. opposite, where he ages really quickly. It's a terrible movie, too. All of his movies are bad. So, I like, when fancy directors who have made their names with these, like, big-tier films that everybody considers, like, part of cinema canon, 
come at Marvel films, it just smacks of jealousy and yeah. not really being able to read the room. They're haters. I mean, they yeah. look at it like, oh my God, the simple movie made a million dollars. A billion dollars. I could have made that if I wanted to. But exactly. I have bigger things to do. Yeah, I have bigger things to do. I'm Francis Ford Coppola and I executive produced Jeepers Creepers 2. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. All right, thank you guys for hanging out with us for the win after dark. We'll see you next week.